What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to be going through the mid-priced forward options, all the cheaper options that might go up in value and maybe win you a hat. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And I am joined, as always, by Goal of the Year winner, Luke Rogerson. How are you, mate? Good, but let's not make a habit of that, mate. Put put, (laughs) put the cue back in the rack. Um, I could not be less excited to talk about forwards again. What? No, this is... This is the good stuff right here. This is where we... This sucks, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is, uh, look, we just... Uh, if you haven't already, go and check out our premium forward podcast, which we did record a uh, very long time ago and uh, was released a couple of days ago. And you guys can check that one out. Today, we're going to go through the players who are priced a bit cheaper, more towards that 650000 and below. Players who have yet to sort of reach those heights but might have a chance this season. And as we said in that premium podcast for the forwards. Let's let's take all this with a grain of salt when it comes to um, you know locking away these guys into our side in January. Lots going to change between now and the start of the season when we are looking at preseason matchups, opening round games, and all those kind of things, and having a really clear understanding of players' roles. Fence sitting is our bread and butter, so Fence these podcasts sitters. are right up our alley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will be sitting on a lot of fences today. Um <laughs> Well, let's get stuck into it, shall let's we? Let's do it, mate. We'll start off the, uh, the list. We? Yeah, Rochelle, we? Yeah, like us. Okay. Uh, Josh Rochelle is the guy we're oh. going to start off with here. <laughs> uh, Adelaide Crow mid-forward. He had patches last season where he was a player that was maybe a, a bit of a premium type and then a bit of a role shift halfway through the season, some comings and goings with the uh, 
Adelaide midfield crew. Well, it almost ended your relationship trading him into Ellie's team last year, didn't it? Ooh, that was not yes. a fun watch. Was it against yes. Geelong where he just stank it up? Yeah, he. Uh, if you go and look at his, um, you know, <laughs> AFL uh, scores, you can probably have a guess on the um, the game that I decided to trade him into. Well, recommend trading him into uh, my partner's team, and it was that game against Ooh, the twenty-seven juice. Yeah, twenty-seven. She points. still finished with a better rank than both of us, I think, didn't she? I think I might have pipped her just at the end, but. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think you might have? Yeah, you know it. I do. <laughs> um, so, yes, he has some very highs, high highs and low lows yes. built into his average from last season. Um, my first question to you, Luke, is what do we expect Adelaide to do when it comes to their midfield mix? And is Rochelle someone that we're going to see a bigger percentage of him in there? The The sort of vibe I get is that we know that if he went in and spent a lot of midfield time, he would be a great pick. But for me, he sits in the mould of that player that is just such an elite forward, just has such great forward craft and forward awareness that if I'm Adelaide, I think I've got enough in the midfield to get me by and he's actually more valuable to my team as a forward Mm -hmm. with spurts in the midfield maybe. So do I see him in more of like, similar to maybe what Tom Papley does, but with a little less CBA time? He could go in there and just like be that injection of of um, speed, speed and pace, and pace excitement. Yeah. So that's kind of where I sit with him. Do I know exactly what Adelaide will choose to do? No. Um, but what? Let me throw to you. What would you have to see in practice games here coming out of the club to launch into um, Joshua Shelley? Well, to me, it depends on who is named in their round one side. If I see, obviously, Laird and Dawson are going to be there. Yep. If I see Matt Crouch. Named in there as well, it probably doesn't bode well for someone like a, a Rochelle. If if I if Matt Cratch is not there round one, yeah, then I'm quite bullish on Rochelle because I think that he can be you know that third year player that just takes it up another notch. Um, and uh, personally, from the Adelaide games that I watched last season, when he was in there, I think look Adelaide looked more dynamic. I thought that they had a bit more of an it factor. Now. In the games he was in there at the start of the season, I'm referencing sort of the first five or six games here. It wasn't a huge amount. Like it was 30, uh, 29%, 35%, 53%, 36 58%, And then he sort of fell off a cliff, went 21, and he had that 17% game. Where what was he his did, average in that um, time? You know? Stink up the bed. So across those games, I don't have the average, but the scores were 105, yep. 85, 75, 86, 96, 102. Mm. So that probably, you know, a bit of guessing here, but that would be about like 80, 88, 89 sort of mm. average. And for our forward line this year, yeah. that'd be enough to be in the ballpark of sort of that top six to 10 uh, forwards. So if that was to be his role and we saw that in the preseason and he was sort of like a top three or, or a very tight top four sort of member of that midfield rotation, then yeah, I'd, I'd think he'd be a strong pick. No early buys. Um, but I don't know, I've, I've talked to a few Adelaide fans, um, mm. including a friend of the show, Bales, and, and he doesn't think that's going to be the case. He's but such a good forward. Yeah, he's, he's, young he's good forward. And, and, and the Matt forward. Crouch inclusion late last season and the extension yeah. they've given him kind of you know, dents my confidence in that yeah. being the case. Rory um, Sloan gets a little bit of a gig in there. He's, he's running around one, one more year. I think he signed a yeah. one-year contract or something like that. Surely so. we're moving on from him. Come on, guys. But... Um, you know, players like Saligo also will probably hop yeah. their head in there. What are they doing with players like a Sam Berry, Schoenberg, who seems to be an afterthought at the moment? Um, Luke Pedler also went in there a bit. Like, there's, the other, there's other guys um, that might limit his ability to be like a, a 40% mid, 
midfielder. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, that 40% mark is about what I'd hope to get him in there for. Yeah, But at this stage, he's not, he's not at Mitchman? He is not at Mitchman at the moment. He has spent time in the team, but right now I'm leaning away from it. What about, what about yours? No. Oh, wrong one, down. <laughs> that one? Right. That one? <laughs> yeah. No, God, please, no! 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 <laughs> no! No, no, no for Josh Rochelle. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Let's talk about another young player going into his third season, and uh, a player who is currently in my team, but... Lots still to happen at the moment. Yes. Connor McDonald. Um, big Mac. Big Connor Mac. What are your thoughts on Connor McDonald? And again, another Hawthorne player. We talked about Dylan Moore in the previous podcast. Third year player. The thing that makes me excited is the fact that in his second season, he managed to increase his scoring with next to no CBAs, um, up to 71 average, basically. And with the injury to Will Day... Again, I don't know if he's going to miss round one, but it just yeah. might be enough to kind of get him in there. There's a few magnets that could move around at Hawthorne that I think sees him more in the midfield. Um, that I think he's just a natural scorer, and I think if he gets a sniff of a midfield role, he could be he could really blow up this season. He gives me a little bit, and this might sound a bit ridiculous, but he gives a little bit, a little bit of the Errol Goulden vibe to me. Ooh, but that this might is, be a bit hot. I mean, that is quite spicy. Errol had a huge season. I, I this guy was not on my radar in the slightest until. Um, you mentioned his name and in a year where we're sort of bereft of really quality forward choices a guy that also had great numbers as a junior huge numbers as a junior again I said it on the last podcast but guys who can find the pill can find the pill it seems to be regardless of level so um, yeah he's he's definitely popped up on my radar since since you mentioned and like you said the lack of CBAs there um, it Looking at it from the positive perspective, it's great to see that he's increased his scoring without CBAs. But then yeah. looking at the other side of it is how sustainable is that in terms of him taking the next step if he was to continue to have no CBAs? Do you think he's a, a guy that's going to get more midfield time? I think I think at a bare minimum, I can very easily see him getting at least more wing time. Okay. Um, so we've talked about, obviously, the Will Day injury as being one of those things. But other key changes at Hawthorne are, like I said in the previous podcast, uh, Ginevan in. Yep. They've drafted Nick Watson. Yeah, this is your big point that this you want to This is my big point. Well, let's just lay the scene, okay? Mitch um, has got a big point, everyone. Well, Start... 
Make make the big point, mate. Well, <laughs> you really hyped it up. <laughs> it's probably a bit of a letdown now. Big um, point. But we also know that late last year, Carl Amon moved more into defence. Correct. So there's there's a lot of signs to me pointing to the fact that I think Conor McDonald can at least establish one of those wings as his. So you, you can see someone like a Josh Ward moving in the inside, McDonald going from the forward line down to the wing, which has been vacated by Carl Amon moving back, and his spot is going to be replaced by players like Ginevan, like uh, a Watson. So I think at the very least you can see him playing more on a wing. Now, sometimes wings can be you know, a bit dangerous in fantasy, but yeah. in a forward line like we have at the moment, that might be enough for him to just get a little bit more consistency. If he is the preferred player that, you know, the the strong wing that we like to, to call it, that they play through. And given his talent, I think that that definitely could be the case um, with the outside chance that he maybe plays, you know, I don't think it expects it to be much, but maybe like 20, 25, 30% inside. So um, I think that might eliminate some of his floor games. And even in his price, he's got two games which were sub-affected. One which he scored a 24. The other game he scored a 74. But that was... He came in after half-time against the Eagles and managed to get 74 points in basically less than a half in that game. Now, it was against that, the Eagles. That was the only game he had CB8s too. It was, yeah. So, he, he is a guy that I think just has a very, very high scoring um, well, not natural s- pedigree. So I should clarify, the only game where he had... CBA is 24% CBA yeah. everything else was something at digits. least significant yeah, yeah. Um, so I just think that this guy's a natural scorer he's obviously very young 21 years old going into his third season third year breakouts can happen and that's not to mention like as much as we love Warpool and I'm a big Warpool fan like there are players in that midfield which I don't know if you'd lock away and say yep they're just Walk up starts every single week well, the, was the starting midfield Day Newcomb Nash Day Newcomb Nash a little and bit of ward in there, yeah. A little bit of warple. I don't mean, yeah. Maybe there's, maybe there's some. Room I, for, I think you know? you know, as a guy who's he's got lots of talent. Um, I think he does pop when you watch him play. He's he's got that little bit of a it factor to me. Um, definitely just someone at least to watch. Yeah, you got I, me I thinking, think, mate. So you got me thinking. Um, yeah, even without CBAs, he he did have a, a ton last year against the the demons in a loss as well. 104 second last game of the of the year. So. Even without that role, you can you can do a bit of a ceiling score, and he is priced fairly cheaply at um, where is he priced at? He's priced at seventy one. So if he can go eighty five in his third year, I think that's a decent enough pick in our fourth line. Now this next uh, player we're going to talk about um, had me hooked um, before <laughs> before something happened. News came yeah. out, <laughs> and that's Zach Fisher. Fisher, yes, he. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that one. Um, he, yeah, it's a shame. It's a real shame because this. I mean, like I said, bereft of options, and you've got a guy yeah. that you're like, this guy is going to be my I, guy. I, I was of all the mid price options, this was probably the one I was the most confident in because you see someone do a role change at the end of last year. Yeah, scored well in that role change. Goes to a club, yeah. which lacks players that also scored well in that role. He's going to fit in perfectly. Zach Fisher taking over that Zeeble or, or yeah. um, Sheasel role if he moves around. So I know it's a, it's a string. How is it, is it a string? Does it rule it out? I think it is a string. Okay. How bad is the string? That's, that's the question. Um, you got to get some reports, string, mate. You, and then there's like a, a string. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah. But strings are... You've never done a string, hey? I've never done a string. I've done no. lots of strings. And it's one of... It's like... A, confidence thing even if you do a little like getting one getting back up to full speed kind yeah, of yeah and it's and you know soft tissue those, those are recurring yeah like 
Well, it's not good. I still, just because of the, the, if he the plays desolate it. forward line that we have, I have not put a line through still, it. I'm still not putting a, a line through it. Um, let me cut. Now, I'm not comparing these players, but, but let me cast your mind back Careful. to last year. <laughs> Is it the yo yo? No. Because um, um, that would be a decent comparison. Um, Tim English. He did a hamstring How in the preseason. How dare you compare Tim English? And- <laughs> he did a he did a hammy in the preseason. He missed preseason games What's he because done this of a hammy. Preseason too. He's, he's got a oh, mystery illness. Mystery illness. We'll talk about him in the ruck pod. But I hope he's but, all right. Let me, I'm just saying that as to say that he obviously still went on to have a career season that year. He had an interrupted preseason. So whilst it's not <laughs> ideal preparation, and I'm not saying he's going to come out and do a, a Tim English, but. It's, it's at least early enough that if he comes in, if he plays a preseason game and plays a full preseason game, I will still have him on my list. Um, if he doesn't play the preseason game because he's still nursing that hamstring, well, then I think you rule a line through him. But I, I had ruled a line through him, but I mean, you've, you've thrown out the bait. Um, and I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't even know did what you, I want to say. You, I just did, said, did you mean to do that one? Or <laughs> yeah, I did. But, but then I don't know where to go because I'm all thinking about the gag. I don't even have a point oh. to make. But is it, well, so I mean, have, you, have you ruled him out essentially because he's done his hammy? I, well, I, I actually think, like you said, we're bereft of options. If there's, a, what if he comes out in the practice game, solid role, looks how good, much, plays full a, game time, and gets like a ninety or a hundred, and yeah. you're like, well, well, yeah. How much of a, how much do you need to really? I mean, maybe to run and get those kick-ins, you need the hamstring working. But like, how much do you need a, a how much fully you need a hamstring? hamstring to just chip it around the back line at North? Like, really? I mean, <laughs> that's true. Jack Siebel did his hammy every second week, and he still pumped out a ninety-plus average. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm just, oh, I'm not ruling it out. It's so dire that you you can't rule it out. Like, if you miss genuinely, yeah. if you miss this guy and he actually ends up doing, it, there's well, nowhere. Well, first of all, okay. Well, let's let's maybe reel it back in. Is okay. is he a guy that has the? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know. Yes. That was the Reel best. Reel it back in. <laughs> that was the best one of the lot. You didn't even know. You it was very dog. <laughs> you, just too oh, good to even know. Oh, man. That is um, good. But does he, does he have the role? Like, is he coming in there? And is it is it him that's playing that halfback role? Is it McKercher? Is Sheasel still there? Is it Luke McDonald? Like well, the fact they've recruited yeah, the re- the recruiting yeah. process t- is positive to me. It's so fucking hot in there. I'm going to die. Yeah, quiz um, that meant. The... The recruiting in for me is like, well, you've you've got the role. I don't think he's an insurance recruit. Imagine I, being I didn't the, think so. Imagine yeah. being the insurance recruit in North yeah. Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, that tells you something about your career. Um, I, I don't. I, I thought so as well. I thought he was coming in there yeah. to do something. Like they got him for a reason. Yeah. And uh, my thought was always that she was going to move further up the ground. Um, Luke McDonald's more of that, like you know, mentory kind of role. Like he he's never really been that in that kind of vein where he's the accumulator, the quarterback kind of guy. Yeah. He might get involved a little bit, but I don't think he's a threat. Um, and, and you can sustain two players doing that. So if McKerch is there and Fisher, we saw that obviously last year with Sheasel and Zebel. Like both of them, if they're both doing a similar thing, they can both sustain those big averages. So I don't think there's a, an issue of being too many guys filling that role, but it's just whether or not he's fully fit and firing at 100% that uh, gets us in our team. So I'm very much watching his you know, availability for the preseason games. <laughs> oh, I can't get him a real idea. That was so good. Uh, Especially because you didn't even know you'd done it. 
Yeah, I should have. Oh, damn it. Okay, missed opportunity. Oh, but thank you very much, guys, for tuning into this podcast. We'll talk about some more options soon. But before we do, make sure oh, you guys... I you were wrapping hit, it up. I was like, I don't see names here. No, we've got some more names. But hit that big old subscribe button. Hit the big thumbs up. And also that little bell so you get a notification anytime we come on here and make bad dad jokes. You can uh, be in on it. Get on the action. We are on the quest for 2,000 subscribers. And also on the quest for 100 Apple Podcast rating and reviews. Go and drop a review over there, guys, if you haven't already. But let's get on to the next player. Talk to a couple of young guys. Going to go more of an older bloke here in Jack Billings. Does he fit the bill for a mid-pricer starting option? Strong, mate. Solid. <laughs> uh, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> he He's not your typical, like, mid-pricer pick in the fact that He's older, and I don't expect him to have like an inside mid role. That I think is this is the scary thing. We've seen him in like the, the small forward role. We, we know what we're going to get there, and what yes. is it that tells us that Billings is now going to be playing anything other than that role? Yeah, uh, look, I tell you what though, he's fucking cheap. Like five hundred and thirty eight thousand. He's priced at fifty nine point six. His injuries have just done him in recently, and he was a guy that was you know, pretty solid when he played at St Kilda, very much playing yeah. on that wing high-half forward role. In the last couple of seasons, in 2022, if I take out all his injury-affected games, which again is a big if for him, but um, in that time, he's averaged 83.3 points. Um, so that was last year. It was only a, a few games, but the year before, there was a bit more of a sample size. He was basically just a consistent high 80s, 90s guy. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if he's got much in the way of a ceiling. And I also think he still has a fairly scary floor. Yeah. And so for players like that, that is not the ideal thing because if he hits a floor game early, he's kaput. His cash generation is stalled and, and you're going to have to basically jump off at that point. So what I mean, a bit of luck might be required for this pick to work. There's the new club factor that often can tell us, hey, there might be something to change here. Do, do you expect him to... Be playing that high half forward wing role. Who are they? They've Melbourne, got a few or? good wings over there, Melbourne, right? They've well, got. I mean, um, it was James Jordan? He was playing on the wing at Melbourne. Wasn't he was. He? So yes. there's a vacancy. A Is it there. one of those yeah. kind of things? Or um, yeah, he could. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in Melbourne at the yeah. moment with Clary Oliver and and obviously the the fallout effect of that. Yeah. Um, so you might see someone like you know Brayshaw moving inside a bit more. Maybe they've got to move a few magnets around to put someone else on the half back line. So. I'm not ruling it out, but it is... I do prefer with this price point to go a bit more, especially in the forward line where you can take a few more punts to go on those younger players that have a bit more unproven upside. Yeah. Um, but I do think he is priced uh, decently decently cheaper than what he will perform. From a pure ca- like from a pure cash gen perspective, you pick Billings and let's say... So he's priced at 60, 60 I think it is. Let's say 60, so let's yeah. say, you know, an awesome case scenario, he goes 80, you've got 20 points of upside. But... Yep. Why not just save the cash, get a rookie who you can almost be certain of that maybe has 20 to 30, 40 points of upside and spend your cash elsewhere? Is, it, is, is that kind of like... It is if we've got the rookies. Like if, yeah. if the rookies are there and, and you know, we, it's all about job security, I think, in that situation. Mm. Um, so that, again, not that I'm That's not true. a rookie job expert security. at this stage at this point, but don't really know what our rookie forward line is going to look like. There are a few, I think, names that we need to monitor. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, the argument there. The last thing I will say, yep. and this can kind of go for all those players that have that early buy, he's got the round six buy, which I actually think for rookies and cash generators, like a mid-price price where he is, is actually, nice, I actually yeah. think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think it's more of a positive because... Here we are going now. You're going to have six price 
rises essentially in five weeks. So his time to cull will be like pushed forward a week, essentially, yeah. where normally we'd be doing that upgrade in that round six sort of thing. You might, because he ha- say he comes out and in that round zero, puts up a decent score, yeah. he might be able to generate cash quickly so that you can then quickly just flip him for someone up a bit higher. Um, and you might not even, he might not even make it to the buy. You might cash him out before then he's made enough money and off you go. Um, so that's another another play that I think with some of those guys in that round five and round six buys, if they're the mid prices, you could play around with. Yeah, you'd certainly want to be confident that he was going to give you six good weeks, hey? Yeah, yeah. If, even uh, if you got a good round zero score and then he, and he tossed comes in some sixties there, it could, it could really ruin it real quick. Things, but yeah. I think he's definitely someone to watch at least in that round zero um, and just sort of see what role he's playing and what his score is. Yeah. I think you're excited about this next fella. You, yeah. you tell me, uh, tell me what your thoughts are with James Jordan, who well, James, is uh, new club as well. Yeah, new club. The new club factor is is um, you know juicy for this guy, especially especially for a team like Sydney that are competing. They've got a you know a solid sort of foundation there. If they're going out and recruiting a guy like this, there's obviously some sort of purpose behind it. I mean, we've seen on social media that he's getting a little bit of hype in terms is, of. Yeah. Um, I mean, attending. You see one social media post where he's breaking out of a CBA and you're like, fucking let's it. go. Lock him in. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I do like what I what I saw. And he's, uh, as you said, he's quite cheap as well. Like, what's he priced at? It's uh, let me all. bring him up. He is priced at 50. So, yeah, 454,000, which <sighs> is, it's a bargain, really. It really is, um, I think. Uh, could you be confident that a guy like, like him goes 70? I think he could. I think. I think if he's got that wing role, I wouldn't even surprise me if he's like so going to a, a little bit of a little bit of inside, like just a touch here and there. Um, look, last time he played a full complement of games, he averaged seventy-two. Like he's done it before. Yeah. He's still only twenty-three years old. So um, many sub-affected games there as so well. So many. Wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, he's had. Interesting. Uh, I think what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sub-affected games. Yeah, um, he kind of fits, fits the exact sort of mold of what we want. It's like sub-affected, sub-affected, so he's cheap. Yep, goes to a new club. Yep, okay. They've obviously seen something in him. They want him to play in a certain role. Yep, like these are just boxes lining up. That go, and I think this guy could be a good pick. I think he's a guy that obviously he's going to play that round zero. You're going to get a really good look at him. Yep. And like I said with uh, our Billings, like his buy, I don't, I'm not really concerned about because there might even be a world where you cash him out at that point. Like, he, he comes in. Last year, his first game in round three, he pops a 97. Yeah. If he does that in round zero, then follows it up with another 80 or something like that, his price is going to go up fairly quickly. Huge, yeah. Um, and it might be enough for you to... And again, our forwards aren't going to be super expensive this year. Yep. Maybe you can trade him to someone like a McRae if you faded him or or even a Flanders if you chose to, to go off him. He's already had his buy. You can you can get him at that stage. That, that might be possible. This next thing is not exclusive to Mid-Prices Podcast, but now that we've talked about all three of these guys, I want to bring it up. Yep. Jordan, Flanders, Adams. Yes. All Early buys. popular yeah. guys. How many can you start? Yes. Is that, is that the question? It's a good question. Um, I don't think you want to start all three. So Adams and Jordan, same buy. Yeah. Flanders the week before. The one I'm least concerned about their buy is James Jordan because he's cheap enough. Yeah. He's not there to be in your side the entire year, whereas those other two in a perfect world are. Yeah. Um, so so I think I want to decide between either Flanders or Adams. And I mean, from a, you know, from a buy perspective... Flanders doesn't have the same buy as, as Jordan, Jordan, so that's a tick in his column. Yeah, 
probably has a higher ceiling. He's got a higher ceiling, I think, for sure. He's younger. Um, it's probably the job. So I'm leaning that way, but, yeah, it's the, it's the role uncertainty. Yeah. You'd think Taylor Adams is probably more inside. Yeah. Um, it's the new coach, coach, game yeah. style. Um, tough. It's a tough one. It is tough. I mean, maybe there is a world where you can start start all three of them because we just don't have any other options if people keep doing hamstrings and things like that. Um, it could be... We could be forced to go there, but at this stage, I, I try to limit, especially in the one line. Like that's a lot of players that are missing the first six weeks. It is. It is. It is. All right. So let's move on to another player here. I don't know if I'm fully in on this guy, but I've thrown his name in there because I've seen a few people talk about him. In fact, uh, the winner, um, Mr. Carr himself, uh, brought up Elijah Sardis in our first mm. episode of this season. As an option in the forward line, he played four games and absolutely ruined his price last oh, season man, for Essendon. It's the, the worst. I hate that. that. Yeah. Uh, but he comes in with a bit of uh, fantasy scoring pedigree from his yeah. junior days. Um, maybe some potential for some midfield time. I mean, 31% CBAs in round... Where is it? In round 22. Season, equated yeah. to an 86. Yeah, you can score. So the right role. can you pick... Him off a one-game sample size. <laughs> I really well, thirty-three percent, eighty-six. That's his average. Done. He's beautiful. He's, he's going to go eighty. That's how um, I should have presented that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when he has more than thirty percent CBAs, he averages eighty-six. That, Pick that's the guy. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, he is priced at fifty-two point seven. So he's actually more expensive than a James Jordan. Yeah, mate. That's thirty-four slightly. points of upside. Heaps of upside. Um. So, look, and in those four games, he averaged sixty-four point three. Yeah. He only had 66% time on ground in that game as well. So he's obviously, you know, you'd expect him to play a little bit more than that in this season. But I just don't think I can see him really cracking that midfield rotation personally when you've got Parrish and Merritt as locks. Mm. What are they doing with Setterfield? Um, you've brought in someone like a Jay Gresham. They brought in Jay Gresham, right? Um, yes. You know, they love Ben Hobbs as an option. Joel Caldwell sometimes gets a run through there. For whatever reason, they still have to throw in Jakey Stringer in there sometimes. Dylan Shields still, you know, rolling around there. Like, I don't think he's going to be getting there enough for me personally to feel confident in getting him. I think he's more of those kind of players that I'd be happy to trade into him if I see it after a game yeah. or two. So, then, what, so then what? What do you need to see? And I'd need to could see. Could you see it in a practice game? Uh, it would depend on who was. Was there yeah, like yeah. if say for example they're resting someone like a Dylan Shield? Because there's an every chance there's every chance that stuff like that happens throughout oh, the preseason yeah. where people go, people. oh CBAs and you all yeah there. yeah. If we see a full complement of Essendon's healthy team, yeah, and he's still in there at like forty percent, then yeah, you can you can go for that. Mm. Um, I think that would be fine, but my confidence in that happening is low. But if I did see that, then yes, I would definitely consider consider him as um, as a cheap option for our forward line just to make some cash. Because he can score. I think he's a good player. Yeah, he's got a um, pedigree. But yeah, it's just my confidence in that role is not super high. So those are the, the main options there. We want to maybe touch on a few other guys. We'll go a bit more lightning rounds. Um, I'll start with the first guy here, Liam Baker. Little bit of talk about him potentially getting a midfield role under the new coach. He's been before the bit of a mix it, Mr. Fix-It guy for Richmond and is probably, I would say, would, is he your favourite player? Uh, he'd Banks be up there with mine. He's, he's so good. He'd be one of my favourite players in the entire comp. Um, so there's no question we love him as a player, but can he score for fantasy? 
The short answer on Bakes, I think, is no. But then if you want to go into it, it's like if if the coach comes out and says, like, Liam Baker's a midfielder, we like him as a midfielder, then the short answer almost becomes yes for me. So yeah. it's a guy that's priced at uh, 69.8. Yeah. So, like, as a midfielder, we, we've seen You probably seen need him guy. to go 85. Yeah, but I think I mean I think that's if he's a full time midfielder, that's well within do that, the realms yeah. of possibility. So it's it's all a wait and see, which is you know what we've said with most of these guys. Yeah, I, I am doubtful that that's going to occur, but I'm not ruling it out. And again, you also have to contend with the fact that he has that early buy. He's probably not cheap enough, like those James Jordans and those other guys. That yeah. it's like a flip kind of situation, um, which is the awkwardness of his price. And then there's there's a three. I'll, I'll say three guys that are young. Second-year guys that have some pedigree, outside chance they see some more midfield time in Mateus Philippou, Bailey Humphrey, and Cam McKenzie. Um, Bailey Humphrey is the only one that has an early buy. The other two do not. Is there any interest in these guys? There, is it simply just a watch and wait and see in the, the preseason and round zero games? Or is there anyone that gets you more hyped than the others of these three. Humphrey probably gets me a little bit more hyped, but I think there's there's the new coach factor there as well. Is like yep. a guy like that who is obviously a guy capable of, of playing in the midfield and being a good midfielder. If the new coach comes in and just likes what he sees, it, it could be one of those cases, hey, buddy, you're one of our you know rotation midfielders now. Yep. So um, Cam McKenzie, a little bit of midfield time for Hawthorne last year, but nothing huge to, Not write, to write home, home about. Yeah. Um, so at this stage, none of those three guys are um, at the Oxongs. They're not even flying drones in no, two streets over enough, or anything like enough. that. I, 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 the way I look at those three, I, I would say I think Bailey Humphrey's the best player out of the three. I also yep. think he's got the hardest path to get legitimate midfield, midfield minutes just because of the players in front of him. Um, Philippou, Saints... You've got those two guys at the top yeah. and then a bunch of question marks after that. Yeah. Cam McKenzie, the Will Day injury might open up some doors for him. Um, so I think of the three, Cam McKenzie is probably the person that I'm watching the closest um, just because of the fact he's got no early buy. He's cheap. He's in a, he's, there is some opportunity there, but I'm, I'm pretty doubtful on all three of them. But again, they're just on my list just to watch at this stage. Anyone else you want to throw out there, or is that enough torture for one day? Ah, uh, that's done and dusted. Wrap this thing up. <laughs> okay, it's that too hot is in here. that is the forward line, guys. So th- thank you very much for tuning in. If you have any questions, drop them down in the comments. And remember, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the big old thumbs up, and give us we a five star rating and review. These last two podcasts, we need as many people commenting as possible because we have no idea. Yes, what's going we on this need line. So advice, please, discussion. Yes, let us continue that discussion. Um, you know. It's, uh, it's all invaluable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Help out the community, help out each other, and we will catch you guys next time where we are going to go through our last full dedicated podcast for rankings. It is the Ford Rankings Podcast, which, look, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I might do 10, I might do 30. I don't know. We'll see, see how we do. Uh, so check that one out, guys, and we will catch you then. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.